When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sharp Tongue Podcast. Beep, 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 beep. You're listening to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse May Jessie. Peluso. It's a personal look. Well, it's not really a look because it's a podcast. I'm already fucking this up. This is kind of like a verbal comedy diary, a deep look into the crevices of my mind. It's going to get dirty. You might cry. You'll probably laugh. Hopefully you'll laugh. The whole point is for you to laugh, but you also might cry. I talk about my family. I talk about farts. farts. I talk about love, loss, comedy, how hard it is to make it in this biz. I'm a fucking professional. Each week it's something different. Sometimes I have a guest host. Sometimes it's going to be a movie companion episode. Sometimes I just ramble about the bullshit I dealt with the week before. You never know what you're going to get. It's raw, uncut, and funny. It's me. Oh, ho, 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 babies. What is going on, my babies? This is your girl. The one, the only, j j j May. How are you doing today? Sharp Tongue Podcast, it's been a hot minute. You guys, it's been a hot minute. How are we? 2019 coming at you thick and strong, just the way I likes it. Uh, I am a little buzzed on red wine and a little high on the marijuana. It's Tuesday. You know, that's just how I live my life in 2019. Strong and thick. I just got done taping Getting Dug with High. And I had the marijuana, God forbid. And I also, because I'm a fucking classy lady, had a glass of Bailey's on the rocks. Hold your horses, keep your pants on, and don't go cray. Yes, I said, Bailey's on the rocks. Have I turned a new page? Am I a yacht owner? Yeah, you better believe it. I have decided my New Year's resolution is to give zero fucks. And as 2017 as that sounds, it's, it's how I'm going. It's my motto. I'm going in strong and thick, y'all. Strong and thick in 2019. I had a, a, just a, a wonderful day. What am I drinking, you ask? Let, let's do that because I love to promote the wines that I love. Speaking of love, I'm drinking Love Noir, Pinot Noir, uh, 2016 California wine. It is a delicious Pinot Noir, pretty economic, I have to say. And let's see what they say on the back here. Every wine has a darker side. Oh, yeah. Experience sultry fruit. Please don't call my fruit sultry. Fruit forward flavors. Jesus, that's an alliteration that are rare in Pinot Noir. And the unique style, richness, and decadence are balanced with supple structure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's one of my prerequisites for my boyfriend, a supple structure. To form layers of luxurious flavor from the first alluring sip to the last. Dark cherry and rich espresso flavors spark intensity and intrigue your clitoral region. Just kidding. That last part was added by me. Succumb to your urges and experience love noir. I mean, who the fuck wrote that? Can they write my bio? 
Love Noir Vineyards in Livermore in Ripon, California. It's a delicious red. You know, it's it, is it fancy? No, it's not fancy, but it's for 2019, it'll do you, okay? And if you want to live a fancy life, anything that you do, eat, you know, people you have in your life, they can be fancy. It's just a mindset. Gosh, guys. <laughs> so I, yes, I was day drinking a little bit, and I was day smoking. I'm going to light this thing here. Got a little joint here. I'm going to light this. Let me spark this puppy up. Hold on. I got my mom grill lighter. Hold on. Fuck. My breath always blows it out. <laughs> Delicious. I just heard my ice drop in my ice maker in my refrigerator. Does that ever bug anybody the fuck out? When you forget you're making ice and you're like, what was that? <laughs> There's somebody in the house. <laughs> no, it's just your ice maker and you're a freak. <laughs> <laughs> so much has happened. God, it's been a hot minute since we've been together, y'all. It is January, what, what's the day, 8th? I have literally been all around the world. It's been one of the most amazing holiday seasons I've ever had in my life. I have to say, had my Syracuse accent popping through thick, strong and thick. Speaking of strong and thick, because I spent some time in Syracuse. Um, I've uh, just got back to L.A. after being gone for a month. I, I did a show, a one-nighter at, at Helium in Buffalo. Thank you for everybody who came out to that. It was a delightful experience. It was just a, you know, just one little night, you know, just a little, just a little beep, 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 you know, something fun to do. We had a great time. And then I also did a show in uh, Yonkers at the Yonkers Comedy Club. That was delightful, really cute little shadow box theater in Yonkers, New York, a little shopping center there. There's a Target, not a Target, an H&M. I don't know. There's a bunch of stores that have a bunch of shit that you don't need surrounding the Yonkers Comedy Club. And then I did Peru, Indiana, which you guys know if you follow me on Instagram. My Instagram story was lit AF, talking about my show at Peru, Indiana. That really just filled me with hope. <laughs> you know, living in L.A., such a big city, and everyone's so busy and so self-involved, and, you know, just egocentric. It's just the nature of the type of people who come out to this town because most of them want to make it in the industry. And you kind of have to be a little self-centered in order to do that. You know, being self-centered isn't the worst thing. It's just how you treat people. If you're also a fucking asshole and egotistical, you know, just go into traffic. W walk into the ocean with an open wound into a, a, a shark frenzy. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. No, it's just, there's balance to be had. But in this, in L.A., there, there's just people who, not that there's not good people. Oh, God. It's like, when you start making excuses for what you're saying, you know you're going to say something really rude. Just doing a show in Peru, Indiana, made me realize how wholesome large parts of the country are. And I think we get so caught up on Instagram and Twitter and all the, you know, stories and headlines and we're not even reading the stories let's be honest be real when's the last time you actually read the story attached to a headline you know the way they write these headlines these days you don't even need the whole story's there it's like an M. Night Shyamalan movie you know how it ends it's going to be terrible and then you just tell all your friends how it ends to ruin the story they wouldn't have read it in the first place because halfway through they'd have been like what the fuck's going on and then when the ending comes you're like oh of course 
you know, there's some lady in a pool and Paul Giamatti is helping her swim around because she's a mermaid. <laughs> that was Lady in the Water. <laughs> that was one of M. Night Shyamalan's worst movies. But hey, it introduced us to Bryce Dallas Howard and thank God for that. But it's just, it, there's just, you know, uh, just a certain type of person out here in, in doing these shows in, in Peru, Indiana makes you realize that there's good people, you know? There's good people in the world, and maybe we should, I don't know, take some time to actually read the stories that are attached to those headlines. I just feel on Instagram and Twitter, there's so much negativity, you know? A a video of a white guy beating up a black guy, and a video of, you know, a black guy doing something crazy or a white guy doing something crazy and it becomes this whole racist racial war and it just the divide keeps getting wider and wider why do we share such negativity it's contagious and as simplistic and maybe even naive as it sounds let's just share some positivity damn and look at I'm just like the next person I love to hate on something it's so much fun when you have a friend, and you have an equal enemy, how much fun is that? When you have a, someone or something you don't like and you can just bitch about it, it's great. Look, wine exists for a reason. You, you can drink wine and whine about it. Everybody loves it. But I feel like we need some, we need some, some good stories. Why do you think cat and kitten videos and puppy videos are so popular? You know, it's like people, there's no balance. It's like it's either someone getting shot in the face or a kitten falling down a flight of stairs that's adorable. <laughs> and both those things are still terrible. <laughs> but Peru, Indiana gave me hope. There's real people out there that are working amazing jobs and have real stories and have something to contribute to society other than stardom and fame. And, you know, there's just, there's so many vacant, vapid, sycophantic people in L.A., that to get out of it once in a while, being away from it, really made me appreciate the towns that make up this country, just the towns in between. Even Syracuse, New York, it's not a huge metropolis with like a million people, 1.3 mil, something like that. Great town. There's still an edge. The bigger the city, the the edgier people get, the, the less trusting. You know, you go to these smaller towns and shit, they just pop right up in your kitchen. Hey, how you doing? Looks like you were... Low on milk this week, so I helped myself to go buy you some milk and put it right in the fridge for you. Also, folded your laundry, and you're just like, yeah, thanks, Carl. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just, it's a different, it's a different type of people. So Peru, Indiana just gave me hope that goodness exists, and the, the country is not deduced to these horrific headlines in these stories on Instagram. So don't believe it. Don't believe the hype. You know? Yeah, there's injustice. Yeah, there's racist people in the world. There is always going to be that. You think we're really going to get rid of the fucking racism? (laughs) Good luck. And it's not even... that. Look, that's not even reserved for our grandparents anymore. Racism and hate, that's something that you teach. And you keep, that, that just is, that's a, that's a genetic disease. You're not going to get rid of it. It's, it. It hides in the dark and it creeps around the corner. You're not going to fucking get rid of it. So why promote it? 
We all know it's there. Enough. Tell me a good story. I want to know, I want to know the good stories. I'm sick of angry stories. Angry, angry is so 2018. <laughs> it's like, shut up and smoke your weed, you fucking hippie. <laughs> and then I got to spend some time in Syracuse. Just a little bit of time. I had to do my Christmas early because from the 19th to the 27th, I was doing USO shows. And I have my USO book here. Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Yo, I flew on Air Force Two, y'all. Do you even know what Air Force Two is? I didn't even know there was a two. I was like, oh, God, is this the broken down Air Force One? <laughs> I was like, oh, this is fancy. Yo, Air Force Two, I think it's a, it was a C-32. Dope plane. Really cool plane. It's, it's, um, it's just a, it's basically a modified version of uh like a passenger like a 757 here's a, i'm gonna look up a couple fun facts about air force two let's see if we can find some fun facts about air force two it's it's basically the vice president flies on it you know the upper echelon of the military jesse may peluso just very important high you know politically and military ranking people uh i don't want you to feel too out of you know out of class here, but you are. <laughs> C-32A is the class of, of plane, and it costs $30,000 an hour to operate in 2016, according to the Air Force Cost Analysis Agency. Holy fuck. Well, if you consider all the hours I spent on that and inflation, I probably spent like $2 million flying on that motherfucker. Yo, I'm balling in 2019. <laughs> it's very fancy. You know, and it really, it kind of, I, I'm spoiled because we were able to fly on Air Force Two because we were literally traveling with the general of the military, General Dunford, who is, you know, the chairman of <laughs> the military, like one of the highest ranking officers there are. And he's been, he's served for a very long time. And we got to fly with him and and, and reap the benefits of his, you know, basically his status and couldn't have been a nicer guy. So well-spoken. It it just, you can tell this man has seen a lot. He, uh, he's a United States Marine Corps general. I think he's the 19th chairman of the joint chiefs of staff. And he was the 36th commandment of the Marine Corps. So he's the dudes. he's, He's, he knows what he's doing. He's a, He's a very important person, and his wife is amazing, and I opened her up to potty jokes, and we really bonded. (laughs) Um, Air Force Two, another fun fact, is not a specific plane, but it is the radio call sign for whatever plane the vice president is using. It's typically a C-32, a military airplane, whose commercial equivalent is a Boeing 757. Bam! There are a fleet of planes the Air Force operates for. Um, the military. So we just got super lucky. Yo, it, like not having to go through like airport security really spoiled me. I was like, oh, I could get used to this. All I have to do is serve in the military for 30 years. Sign me up. Send me to Afghanistan. And we did go there. We we flew on. I've got my cute little book here that, that the USO 
gave us all the information. By the way, the USO is an amazing organization. Not, it's a nonprofit. It's a private nonprofit organization, and it is not a military organization. They just have aligned themselves to the military throughout the years. Uh, for 77 years, actually, the USO has been um, just providing amazing services for our military men and women. And uh, they've got like 200 physical locations around the globe, and they're on all seven continents. They're in 14 different countries, U.S., Afghanistan, Australia, uh, Germany, I Italy, Iraq, Japan. The list goes on. They have about 11 million worldwide service connections just in 2017. That's a lot. That's a lot of, you know, connecting with our military men and women. And on this tour with me were DJ J. Days from NYC, Matt Fraser, who is the strongest man in the world and just delightful, Kelly Pickler, who is just, honestly, Kelly Pickler is just a delight. You know, I don't like to have expectations. Any experience I go into, I try and shut expectations out of my brain so I can just sort of be in the moment and 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 let whatever's going to happen unravel in front of me without, you know, some sort of structure in my mind. I feel like expectations just limit you from experience. And so I tried to not have any expectations about people. And Kelly Pickler, if I had any expectations, blew them out of the water. Just so sweet, professional. I'm choking on my, my uh, hold on. I gotta get a sip of wine here. Just so sweet, gracious, genuine, a beautiful voice, beautiful person. She gave me eyeshadow. We became best friends. Um, she can drink like a ship captain. And she's just one of the most professional, beautiful, wonderful people I've ever met. And um, I, I urge you to go check out her music. She has a lot of great Christmas songs, too. And she sang at, on the tour with us. She's done about 12 tours, 12 USO tours, and a few with General Dunford. So it was nice to have somebody who kind of knew what to expect to a certain degree. We had Sean White, who is an Olympic gold medalist, actually holds the most gold medals out of any Olympic athlete ever. Totally a blast. And his girlfriend, Sarah, who is the lead singer of one of my favorite bands, Fantagram. It, 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 just, honest, all these people were so amazing. Sarah is one of the funniest people I've ever met. Her laugh, like, I wanted to make her laugh so much. She just has, like, one of the most amazing laughs ever. And Sean White is delightful. They're just so hilarious. Um, Jessie Mae Peluso, I don't know if you guys have heard of her, just a world-famous comedian. Wilmer Valderrama, who is hilarious. Wilmer Valderrama, I swear, I'm, I'm going to tell him he needs to do stand-up. I need to send him a voice note right now. Hold on, but because I'll forget. Let me just send him one while we're at it. I, I have him in my phone phone as Wilmer Valdad Rama. We kept calling him that because he's just like a dad. <laughs> Wilmer, it's Jesse. Uh, I'm recording my podcast right now and I'm telling everybody how hilarious you are and I think you should try stand-up. So if you need any help writing some jokes, I'm your girl. You're very funny. Um, your eyebrows, they're okay. I kind of want to pluck them a little bit, but they're your charm. So I'm just going to let you have that, but I know a really good eyebrowist. Uh, miss you. <laughs> Just send him a voice note. He is delightful. 
And drum roll, please. Housewives everywhere, don't get your panties in a knot. Milo Ventimiglia, hello, who wasn't even scheduled on the USO tour. Not at all. He is a friend of Wilmer's and asked to go to be his guest. So he hopped on just because he wanted to be a part of it. And this was a holiday trip. You know, all these people gave up time during their holidays to go overseas. Hold on. (laughs) Whoa. Sometimes when I smoke bud flour, I get a little allergic reaction to whatever the F they put in the weed. It makes me a little, or maybe it's the wine. I'll get to my rash in a minute. (laughs) I got a rash in Iraq. Actually, I got a rash in Afghanistan, and I kept calling it my eye rash because Iraq was our next stop. (laughs) And I realized that histamine was an issue over there. God, 36 is looking good on me. We stopped. We had, uh, let me tell you our stats. Our stats are astounding from the trip. Uh, One of the girls sent us basically, you know, just what we accomplished overseas. And it's unreal. We traveled across three continents, U.S., Europe, and Asia. Five countries, Norway, Bahrain, Afghanistan, Iraq, and Poland. We took 15 flights on four different planes, C-32, which was Air Force Two, the blue-white is also what it's called, a C-17, which is a cargo plane, a C-130, another cargo plane, a COD, which is a plane they use to land on aircraft carriers, and uh, we flew a total of 43 hours. We crossed eight time zones, traveled approximately 20,500 miles. We performed 10 shows for over 4,000 soldiers men and women, and got about one hour of sleep. So (laughs) our first stop was in Norway, which was a really amazing country. I've been to Norway a few times doing stand-up, and I've loved Norway every single time. Still waiting to see a fucking troll. In my heart of hearts, I know there's a troll somewhere. I know it wants to be my best friend, and it better show the fuck up. We got to see some soldiers working on, you know, doing military things. I don't even know what happened. (laughs) I sound like somebody who got hit in the head trying to explain (laughs) things to somebody else. Um, They were doing, I can't really say what they were doing. That's the problem because they were working on something specific. But basically they were doing tactile work. Uh, tactical work, Um, you know, just showing us what they can do with things outside in the wilderness. And it was amazing. They let me hold a machine gun, which I posted on my Instagram, one of the greatest days of my life. And I asked how to turn the thing on, which they all thought was really cute. They're lucky there wasn't any ammo in that because I would have definitely taken out that troll. I just would have ran into the woods with my machine gun and searched for the troll Speaking of, you guys need to check out a movie called Troll Hunter. I think it's Norwegian. It might be, is it, it's either New Zealand or Norway. It's one of those countries that, that uh, created that movie. It's so good. Anyways, back to the regularly scheduled program. It was the first show. I was, you know, I was a little nervous just because 
I wanted to do really good, you know? I wanted to, I, I wanted to bring a different level of my performance to these shows because in Norway, even though it's not an active war zone, there's still these 18, 19, and 20-year-olds that have chosen a life dedicated to learning skills and becoming the best in their trade to help defend our country. That's pretty damn honorable and selfless and makes me realize even more the value of what I do and how I need to raise my standard so that when I do shows like the USO or shows in Peru, Indiana, or anywhere, any show ever, I'm performing to a caliber that is equal with the person in the audience receiving it. So it just, it really changed my life in that sense. And, you know, we traveled. We had, I want to say we had about 50 people with us. You know, we had about 50 different people that were on our trip between the general, his direct, you know, um, his direct security we had a medic, we had, you know, we had a doctor on, we had the the CEO of the USO, J.D. Crouch and Christine Crouch, just amazing people. We had an ambassador with us, you know, we, we had all these amazing captains and majors and lieutenants and um, a, a staff photographer, Dominique uh, Pinheiro, who you have to check out, his, fo- his photography is just amazing. And if you want to see any of the photos from the trip, you go to flickr.com, F-L-I-K-R.com forward slash the joint staff. And if you just scroll through like December 20th, 21st through like the 25th, you can see our photos and you can download any of them and save them. We just, you know, between the talent, we had about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine talent. And then we had about, you know, everybody brought somebody um, we had Jane Horton, who is was a special guest who also works at the Pentagon. She does a lot of work helping f- the families of soldiers, especially specifically the families of fallen soldiers, and helping them deal with their life after that horrible tragedy and helping soldiers get reintroduced into society. You know, there's so many levels to this that I learned about that really opened my eyes to my opportunity and to our luxury that we have here and the sacrifice that that comes with we don't see it and going over there it was so fucking you know even just like in Norway a non-active zone seeing these young men and women kicking ass voluntarily for us it's pretty humbling and it's it's such an honor to to perform for them and they loved it boy do they fucking love it like 18-year-old boys, watch out. Mama Peluso's coming on stage, boys. You better, you know, for, get in formation. I'm about to stage dive off of this motherfucker. And I did about seven times in Iraq. You're welcome, America. <laughs> we went to Norway. We had our first show there. It was amazing. We did photos. We met so many people. If you're listening to this podcast and you saw me, please message me. I want to thank you personally. You guys were amazing. We, um, I'm looking through, we have this amazing book that tells us of all of our trips um, that was uh, scheduled for us. We were in Varnes, Norway. 
We went to Manama, Bahrain the next day. That was a family-friendly show. Y'all, you know me. Jessie Mae and a family-friendly coming. <laughs> I am wine drunk and high right now. I don't come in a family-friendly option. But like I said, sometimes you just got to raise, you just got to raise to the level of which you are dealt. And, you know, I, it was a challenge, but it was a good challenge to challenge the skills and, and all the tricks that I've sort of acquired throughout the 15 years of performing. It's amazing what you can do. And also it's like, oh, maybe I don't need to swear there. And I don't need to say dickhole. Well, I mean, you always need a dickhole. Who am I kidding? But it was in it was on the family base in Bahrain, and Bahrain is it reminded me a lot of of Beirut, Lebanon. Remember when I was in Beirut, y'all? Beirut, Beirut, Beirut is on fire. Remember, I was like, "Ooh, I'm cute in Beirut." It's it's a little bit more developed. It's not quite as war torn. It's not quite as segregated and that much of a hot zone. And it's it's civilized to a certain degree. I mean, there's still signs of war. You can see, you know, very close signs of war, (laughs) but it's, it's manageable. You know, I feel like they eased us into these zones because we were in Norway, then we were in Bahrain, the family show. And then we went to Iraq, Iraq, Afghanistan and Iraq. And we were like, holy hell, it's real. This isn't a movie set. It looks like we're not in LA anymore, Toto. Uh, Holy hell. It was a challenge, the Bahrain show, for sure. Big stage outside. Everybody sat about 100 feet from the stage, which as a, as a comedian, it's weird because comedy relies on connection, especially live comedy. And unless you're Kevin Hart doing the Philly Stadium, is that even a place? I don't know. Whatever the stadium is in Philly that he did, that he sold out. It Was it Philly? I'm pretty sure it was Philly. Uh, Unless you're him, you know, it's a different output creatively. And so when people are far away, you sort of have to adjust on the spot. And it can make it a little awkward. But I did I did my thing. I talked to the adults. You know, they weren't really giving it up a lot. I think they, they looked like they were enjoying it. I had some female soldier do squats with me on her back. That was fun. She loved it. I mean, she was, she was impressive. I have to be honest. She was... She did more squats than the guys on the rest of the trip. She was, like, quadding out. And and then I told some jokes, and I told some ovulation jokes, and I was like, um, you know, children, it's too big of a word. I feel like three syllables, it, it, children don't understand three-syllable words. So I think we're safe there, especially it's a clinical term. I don't think ovulation is dirty. Um, Wilmer just texted, you don't like my eyebrows. <laughs> I love your eyebrows. I was only teasing and I panicked and I didn't know what to say. <laughs> he is so delightful. He he hosted the show for us. I'll tell you the rundown of the show. So J-Days played some music, which was delightful. And the USO says it was the first time they ever had a DJ and they don't know how they've lasted this long without opening the show with a DJ because music just kind of sets the tone. Gets everybody in party mode. So it was, you know... Just a, like a mood setter. And then Wilmer, who's done a bunch of these USO tours and who is such a charitable, generous human being, 
he went out and hosted and did such an amazing job. So genuine and talking to the soldiers. I keep saying soldiers. I know there are other branches of the army, <laughs> the military. I know there's the army, the Navy, Marines, SEALs. I know there's a, you know, soldiers is not describing the whole military. It's just, it's a lot. My brain is fried. Please bear with me. He spoke very eloquently to the crowd. And then I went out. I, I, I opened every show. This, the lineup was always the same. Wilmer, me, and then Sean White and Matt Fraser went up together, kind of like a Q&A and describing their individual journeys to become the best in their, in their, um, in their both independent sports and in life, really. And then uh, Kelly went up and sang. Actually, no, I'm sorry. Milo went up and collected underwear from all the women. <laughs> When Milo went up, women went fucking crazy. You could hear women ovulate. You could hear all the, the, the fallopian tubes releasing eggs, just like, pew, 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 pew. It's literally, I was like, we got a duck. Someone's shooting at us. No, it's just women releasing eggs. He went up and did a scene from This Is Us and pulled somebody out from the crowd, and that was so much fun to watch. And whoever he pulled out played the female role, and sometimes he pulled out a guy and they would just put like you know he had to pretend he was pregnant it was so funny and then kelly goes up with her man and her brother josh and they sang a bunch of songs pulled a couple of our military up on stage to sing and then we all go out and we all sang white christmas which i i thought was an interesting song choice to end the show i felt like it should have been something a little more fun see i got this allergy thing it's definitely the eye rash I thought it should have been something more fun, like um, that one song everybody wants to ban, um, Baby It's Cold Outside. She did it the first night, and it was so much fun when we were in Norway. But the she didn't know all the words, and, you know, we just decided White Christmas. White Christmas is a, a look, I love the song. It's just a little sad. The tone, the melody. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. I mean, it's like get to the fucking point, you know? Wait, Wilmer left me a voice note. Let's see what he said. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Hold uh, What the fuck? It's hard to do this with two hands. Wait, wait. <laughs> I'm not a doctor because I just fucking shaved them off my face. Thanks. <laughs> he shaved his eyebrows off. <laughs> see? I'm helping people change their look. This is my goal in 2019. I'm making the new, better you. You're welcome, Wilmer. We, I just wish we had like a more upbeat song to end on, but you know, it was, it, it was amazing. Everybody loved it regardless, you know, where they're entertaining our military and they just were happy that they were, that we were there for them. Um, we, so the show in Bahrain, the family friendly show, holy fuck. So like I said, the adults were seated about a hundred feet from the stage. What I didn't tell you was that directly in front of the stage was about a pack of a dozen children ranging from the age of 10 to 2 years old. I don't know if you guys have seen me live, but I talk a lot about dicks and vaginas. <laughs> and so 
I tried to reach out to the adults and they were kind of digging it, but they weren't like giving me a lot. They weren't giving me the energy I needed. You know, I wanted to like kick off each show and like give energy and like let people know we were here to party and have some fun with them. So then I turned to the kids and I said a joke about poop to one of the adults. I forget what the joke was, but I mentioned something about poop and all the kids laughed. And then that's when I was like, okay, this is for them. And then I just started talking to the children. I was like, what do you want to be when you grow up? You know, and I just was down there in the mix with the kids. You know, I just, I brought the show to them. I made it all about them. And then I invited them on stage for a dance party where I almost electrocuted them all. (laughs) I brought them all up on stage. I'm like, look, I know I'm just a drunk aunt. Everybody, nobody panic. There's plenty of military people here that can save anybody if anything goes wrong, but they're all fine. And I go and I put my water on the stool and then I kind of turn to dance with them and the water goes flying and there's just cords everywhere. And I just was like, Oh great. You know, here's my attempt to connect with military children and they get shot into the Bahrain sky from electrocution, but we survived. It was a delightful experience, (laughs) you know, and look, we, 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 we just, we, we made, we made do with what we had with that show because Honestly, everybody kind of had a moment because of the way it was set up because we were outside and everyone's so far away from the stage. But it was it was fun. You know, we hung out afterwards. We didn't get any sleep. This is like the third day of us not really sleeping. You know, we luckily had a hotel the first two nights. We had a hotel in Norway and a hotel in Bahrain. And then after, when we were all done with the show, you know, it's like 12 o'clock. We got to get up at like 5 a.m. But Wilmer, Sean... And I and our and our peeps, all of our, you know, our guests, we were hungry. So we went walking the streets of Bahrain at midnight looking for food. And the only thing open was an Indian restaurant. And we pursued, proceeded to eat the spiciest food I've ever had in my life. I got to tell you, my, I didn't have one shark situation. I didn't have a shark situation at all. And I don't think anybody that who ate there with us had a shark situation either. So the Indian food was A-OK. It's not the smartest choice when you're traveling. You know, it depends on what your system's like. But I don't know y'all, but usually Indian food is a highway to shart hell for me. <laughs> highway to the <laughs> zone. <laughs> I'm talking about the highway to the <laughs> zone. <laughs> We got our Indian food. We catnapped. Me and my boo thing, we catnapped in our hotel. And then we had to wake up early, and it was the greatest day of our lives. Just a lot of moving around. You know, we had backpacks. The USO gave us jackets, and we had scarves and hats, and had a lot of stuff. You know, we had two bags each, and there's a lot of moving around. So the one thing I learned is I packed way too much shit. I packed, like, outfits. Motherfucker, you ain't got time to put clothes on. You're not even sleeping. It was, you know, now is not the time to be wearing bedazzling stuff. You got to be comfortable and ready to move because our schedule was jam-packed. Ten shows in five days, y'all. Six countries. It was insane. But the day after Bahrain, my dreams came true. We went to the aircraft carrier, USS John C. Stennis aircraft carrier on a cod, which is a small twin, I think it's a twin propeller plane. You know, it lands on the the aircraft carrier 
and it, it was so crazy to fly in. It's so loud. It's only basically it's just a, an aircraft for people. I don't really think you put any sort of cargo on it. I don't think you do. Let's see. Um, let's see. Ga- cod plane. Let me look up this stat here. Um, it's on a uh, carrier on board. That's what it stands for. Is the use of aircraft to ferry personnel, mail, supplies, high priority cargo. So you can put cargo on it. I guess we were just maybe the seats probably come out and they can put all the cargo in there. But it was tight with the seats. There was no really really any space with the cargo. So I assume they probably pop those seats out. I don't know. I'm not a fucking cod p- pilot, but it was so amazing to land on the aircraft carrier because they have those those ropes. They have those you know those ropes that catch the planes and you feel g-force when you land and take off because they basically use it to also get you the fuck off the aircraft carrier (laughs) and then we were on a ship all day we were on a uss aircraft carrier it was so freaking cool we got to see a jet take off they were flying their their helicopters around the jets were flying around us we did a show in one of the hangars and there's literally just Jets all around us in this hangar. This, this, this ship is huge. USS John C. Stennis is, is a huge aircraft carrier. I think it was commissioned in like 1995 or something like that. I'll Google it. I had a bunch of facts. Um, it, it's, it, it's just a huge ship. Yeah, commissioned in 1995. Look at that. Um, it is uh, 1,092 feet. Wow. Uh, it, it can go up to 30 knots, which is about 35 miles per hour. Not that fast, but, I mean, you know, you're carrying aircraft. That's pretty dope. They let me man the ship for a hot minute. I have to say, uh, we'll man the ship because three chicks in their early 20s were driving that ship, and it was pretty impressive. About 30% of the ship is actually female, which is so amazing. A lot There's a lot of females in the military, y'all. And a lot of badass women doing badass jobs. Everything from, you know, working a technical job, working something in, you know, um, in computers or some sort of, like, technology to to being a pilot. One of our pilots of the C-17 or the C-130 that we were flying in, the pilot was this 21-year-old chick from Pennsylvania. What? I mean, 21 years old, flying... A C-17. I can't even control the grocery cart in the grocery store, mainly because I'm high AF. But still, that's a big piece of machinery for me. And this girl's like all of, I don't know, 100 pounds, teeny little thing, petite little thing from Pennsylvania, just pushing all these buttons, yelling out commands to her co-pilot, who was this like pimply-faced 18-year-old kid. I'm like, am I in a fucking military simulation? What is happening? And how is this real? And these people are... these these kids are putting their life on the line so that you can have a fucking latte have some goddamn respect kim kardashian (laughs) those girls i mean just people everywhere do you have any idea what the cost of your freedoms are look i didn't before i went on this trip and saw it with my own eyes not that i didn't i had some sort of grasp on it but until you're there and you see these people and you meet them and you talk to them and you hear their stories these young men and women only then can you really be moved and have an understanding of some of the depth of commitment and 
courage that these people have in order for us to have our rights and our freedoms. So just know that being able to walk out of your door, get in your car, and go do what you want for the day comes at a really, really hefty price. And anytime you see anybody in, in uniform or you hear that they were in the military, actively serving, veteran alike, buy them a meal, buy them a coffee, buy them a muffin, pay for their gas if they're in line behind you, pay for their toll, anything you can do because they do not get what they deserve when they come out of the military. They don't get what they deserve. What they deserve. Our, our programs for them aren't as great as they should be. And reintroducing into society after you've lived your life in a career basically existing in a war zone is very difficult mentally and emotionally. A lot of them go back because they don't know how to function in a regular society anymore. So just give what you can to these people. They're, they're just so amazing and more courageous than I, I could ever be in my life. I, I had the opportunity to have an amazing conversation with the chief engineer on the USS John C. Stennis. And, you know, he was one of the ones who told me how many more women are working in the military now compared to when he started. And he, we just had a great conversation. He's from, I think, Littleton, Colorado. And he gave me one of his coins. They, they carry around these, like, medallions and coins and pendants that are very special and they carry a few around with them to give them to people as a token of appreciation and recognizing how amazing they are. So he gave me one, no big deal. Um, I'm basically, I own the ship now. So if you guys want to like take a lap around an island or something, hit me up. <laughs> but just the trip was amazing on the, the ship, you know, just from even just being on a cod to seeing the inner workings of the ship to seeing the hangar. The hangar was so cool. Just all the different aircrafts in there talking to the pilots, seeing women in these just badass uniforms and talking to them, hearing their story, this one chick came up to me, I think her name was Megan, and she's like, me and my roommate love you, we're such big fans, and, you know, um, it's funny because we decorated our room in these snowflakes, they cut out snowflakes from paper, but they cut them to make them look like vaginas, and she was telling me this, and she's like, we got all these snowflakes hanging from our ceiling, and they look like a bunch of pussies, and it's just so beautiful, and I was like, can I have one? She's like, you really want one? I was like, yeah, do you, would you mind going back to your room and getting me one? And she went back into her room, and she got me one. And it literally looks like a vagina. Beautiful. Teeny, teeny vagina. Just a baby vagina. Not like a baby vagina. That's weird, but like, you know, a cute little, like, porno puss. <laughs> this joke brought to you by Love Noir. Sultry, indulgent. Spice up your life with the fruit-forward bullshit of our wine. No, it's a great wine. I love it. So I've got um, one of my favorite mementos from the trip is my my pussy snowflake, which I'm going to be framing. I had to ship a bunch of stuff that I received from Christmas in the trip to my house, so I'm excited to get all that stuff, and I'll unbox it on one of my Weeds Day. Tomorrow's Weeds Day, by the way, y'all. Make sure you tune in, 420 Pacific, 720 Eastern Standard on IG and Facebook Live. I'll be talking more about my trip. Uh, after the USS John C. Stennis... We went to, where the fuck did we go after that? I feel like we went to Kand Kandahar. Kandahar. I think we did, yeah. USS John C. Stennis. 
flight deck. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. We went to Afghanistan after that. We had three shows on Christmas Eve in Afghanistan. Kandahar, Dalki, and Bagram. It, unreal. Unreal shows. The, the Kandahar show on Christmas Eve was one of my favorite shows I've ever done for many reasons. Uh, you know, Afghanistan really has that war zone feel. You know, we had to wear our bulletproof vests and our helmets, and, you, you know, you start to feel... You feel the um, existence of war just on the peripheral of your person. You can just sort of... it. it it feels like this looming thing, just like this cloud that's around you. You can't quite see it, but you know it's there. That's what it felt like. And so on the first show, that Christmas Eve, we had three shows on, the, on that uh, 24th, on December 24th in Kandahar. I started to get a little anxiety. I was excited. It was morning. It was a beautiful, bright, sunny morning. It was the cool out. We did a meet and greet before. Everybody was so excited to meet us you know, taking group photos with us. They were so gracious. That part was amazing. All of it was amazing. I just, I think maybe being away from my family for the first time ever on Christmas, I think it being um, the first Christmas without my dad, uh, I think I just sort of, all of that, kind of settled on me in a moment before I had to perform. And I just... God damn it, I didn't want to fucking cry. <laughs> I, um, I just wanted to do well. I wanted to do... I wanted to have the greatest show ever for them. Because they deserved it. And I didn't feel, you know... Just trying to find the moment where you feel worthy to be someplace as a performer and an artist can sometimes be difficult. You know, feeling worthy to be there, and realizing I'm away from my family, realizing I'm in a scary country. <laughs> that I mean, Afghanistan is beautiful, but the scenario is a little frightening. You know, they're briefing us, giving us a safety briefy, briefing. Briefy, <laughs> teeny little one. We had escorts. We had a full security team. You know, we're surrounded by guns and, and cannons and just fucking these huge rockets. And I wish they would have let me fucking shoot at least one off. And I'm going to be talking to the general about that. <laughs> but I think just all of that kind of came to fruition and just sort of was something that weighed on me in a moment and I started to have like an anxiety attack and I forgot to mention uh did I mention that I got acupuncture on Air Force Two on the third day on our way to Bahrain because we were all exhausted sleep deprived jet lagged and I hadn't slept basically in almost three nights and so uh our amazing medic Chad hooked me up with the four gates acupuncture never had acupuncture before and the four gates basically recalibrate your nocturnal hormones to help you sleep. Sort of like, you know, get everything centered and, and help your body readjust to the time zone and sort of get all of your 
um, your blood flowing in the right direction and your hormones calibrated so you can actually sleep. And it goes in each hand and each foot in the same spot, correlating spots between your hand and your feet. And that was a few days before the Afghanistan show. And then Chad was having what looked like an important conversation with one of the generals, um, a lieutenant or somebody, I forget who it was, but a high-ranking military personnel. And I felt myself slipping into a panic attack. And I was like, Chad, I need you. I need the four gates. You know, I was in Afghanistan. I was away from my family. My dad is dead. There's soldiers everywhere. I want to do good. Just all this stuff can weigh on a person. And, and you guys have to know that. It's okay to freak out once in a while. You just have to realize you're not alone. Everybody has these moments. And so he took me into a tent and he stuck me in the nicest way. Chad's wife, it's the, the most platonic sticking you could ever give somebody. He saved me brought me back down to earth. I cried with him, talking about my dad. And he just was so kind and considerate and helped me be able to perform. You know, um, Jennifer, who's one of the coordinators and producers of the show, was like rushing around looking for me. She's like, where are you? I have to get on stage. I'm like, I know I had a panic attack. And then Chad stuck me in the tent. She's like, what? I'm like, never mind. <laughs> I can't be expected to explain the details. I got to get on stage. And I went out. Had a great show. Had an amazing time. Connected. Touched mustaches. Made fun of motherfuckers. Made them cheer. Made them happy. And at the end of the show, the photographer, Dom, and I had planned for me to stage dive. To jump out. I never did it in my life. Ever. Who would have known all my dreams would have come true on this trip? between being on a U.S. Uh, aircraft carrier to riding an, in a cod to riding an Air Force Two to getting acupuncture in Air Force Two like some bougie bitch. But I jumped off stage and I landed in the hands of our men and women who are fighting for our freedom. And it felt like pure nirvana. It felt... So amazing. I felt like I was jumping back into my mom's womb. <laughs> she w That's the last thing that she wants. But um, it really filled me with a sense of, like, accomplishment. Not that I didn't, not just because I didn't crack my ass on the floor, but that I faced my fears. And, you know, here I am in the hands of these amazing people who do so much for us. And and don't ask for anything in return. And it just felt beautiful. It felt great. And it, it made me realize that all of my stressing out prior to that moment was for nothing. You know? I mean, it, it's understandable, obviously. It's a tough experience. And I'm not martyring myself or trying to over-dramatize my situation. But let's be real. I've had quite the fucking year. <laughs> and a lot of us can say that. A lot of us can say that. Um, so it just it filled me with a sense of calm and accomplishment and motivation, really, to continue to challenge myself. And then we went to Dalkey, we, you know, which felt even more war-torn and more high-tense, high-tensity 
uh, high intensity. I can't even speak right now because I'm, I got my nose all stuffed up from being a baby. It was very intense. The the surroundings. They build T walls everywhere, and they've got like, you know, just all sorts of equipment everywhere, and it's in this wide, vast space of land, and you know they've got. Um, wire on top of the T walls and it's just you feel you're like okay this is the hurt locker um can somebody please airlift me back to Syracuse New York I did not sign up for this and you're like oh wait yes I did and you just keep putting your boots to the ground so to speak one foot in front of the other and show some damn respect to these men and women who need your entertainment and the show was amazing yo they let me drive a fucking fire truck in Afghanistan y'all dreams coming true and you know by that day, General Dunford was like, we got to put a leash on her. <laughs> My man was like, I can't wait till we get to the next stop and see what you fly. <laughs> I saw a fire truck and a bunch, and, and they set up their base so nicely for us. They pulled out their equipment. They pulled out their trucks, their Humvees, their Chinooks, their drones, their weapons, and they set everything up on display for us to, you know, just get to know what they do for their line of work in the military. And I saw the fire truck, and I and it was probably about a dozen of men and women lined up in front of it. And I was like, hey! And they were like, hey! I ran over to, their, to them, hugged them, and I was like, can I drive this? And they were like, yep. And I was like, I'm not joking. They're like, neither are we. Me and three chicks, me and two chicks. And I think Kyle Coster got in with us, who uh, w- was one of the press people on the tour with us. And uh, me and a bunch of chicks drove a fire truck around the military base. <laughs> a dream come true. It, it just, honestly, it just, you know, and I ask, like, look, the worst they're going to say is no. Okay? The worst they're going to say is no. Here you go. tidbit uh of me being in the truck with them and they let me drive around and apparently i try to honk the horn i mean the first fucking thing you're gonna do when you get in a fire truck come on you gotta honk the horn but it hadn't apparently that has to like warm up the air has to warm up for that to work and it was that puppy wasn't even heated up for me so i have to go back to dalkey and beat my horn but those show that show was amazing they were lit they were in this little makeshift, actually not little, it was a huge hangar. And there's probably, I don't know, 500 of them maybe. Just amazing, just so much energy and fun. And we signed photos and got to take pictures with them. And, you know, we did an engagement after every show. So it was really like 10 shows and 10 engagements. So it was kind of like 20 different shows because each show was an hour and each engagement was almost... I would say probably at least half an hour. Some of them went to an hour, depending on how big the bases were. But I didn't jump 
I didn't stage dive in Dalkey. Uh, and then we went to Bagram, which is back where we were, uh, where we where we were staying. And at that point, I had already experienced a little bit of a rash. I told you I'm going to tell you about my eye rash. On Air Force Two, I had this like itchy redness on my legs. And that was after we left Bahrain. You know, just like a little itchiness. And I was like, I don't know what that is. I thought it was like detergent for my man's sweatpants or something. But it, it, I was like, I don't know what this is. You know, I, I'm all jacked up. I'm jet lagged. Haven't I slept a, 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 just a lick of time in the past three days. So third show Christmas Eve, which is our fifth show of the, of the whole trip, we get back to our base where we're staying and where we have our last show in Bagram. And the rash comes back. And Chad has already hooked me up on Air Force Two with the four gates acupuncture, had to save me from a panic attack before the show that morning. And here I am in, in Afghanistan with eye rash. <laughs> and when I tell you, it started out as a little red dot and my legs kind of burning and itching and turned into almost all of my skin on my legs from my hips to my feet being covered in welts red, itchy, burning, feeling like I wanted to rip my skin off in the matter of like 15 minutes. And this was 15 minutes before showtime. I'm in my room like, oh my God, what am I going to do? And Jennifer, who runs the show for the USO, comes in. She's like, look, you, I'm not going to force you to perform like this. And I was like, there's no way I'm not performing. We just need Chad. Chad has to save me from the 14th fucking time today. And so I text him and he goes, take the medication that I gave you. But I didn't listen to him properly because he gave me a pill that was for nighttime super strength antihistamine type, like Benadryl, but super strength type of, of pill. You guys, I don't take shit. You know that. I don't take Tylenol. I haven't been on birth control since I was 19. I don't, t I don't put any pharmaceuticals in my body. It's just not my steez. So I'm very sensitive. Uh, that's why I don't smoke a lot of weed. That's why I don't drink a lot. I'm very sensitive to anything that, any foreign object that I put in my body. Hello. How you doing? You here? You available on Friday? I am just so, so sensitive. So I took the wrong pill before the show. And then a handful of steroids and some other pill. I just panicked and I threw all the pills I found in my bag and I threw it in my face. <laughs> Because I'm like, oh, my God, I am riddled with, I have, like, Afghanistan AIDS. I don't know what's going on. I need to perform. I can't not perform. So I throw all these pills in my face, and I go and I perform. Best show of the week. I mean, even the general was like, man, that was something. But I start to feel a little funny kind of before the show. Just a little weird, you know? I go up. I perform. I feel great, loose, fun. And I asked for the biggest motherfucker in the room. I was like, where's the biggest person in this room? I'm not going to say dude because I'm not going to sexually discriminate. Women can be big too. And it was a dude, Alex, who happened to be a part of our convoy. And, and I told Jay, I was like, yo, cue up that dirty dancing, time of my life music. Let's see how big this boy is. And I, and I part the C's in the crowd, and I tell Alex to go all the way down. I cue up, you guys know the song. I cue up one of the greatest songs of any girl's life. Um, you guys know the movie, Dirty Dancing. 
It's one of the greatest songs of all fucking time. He cues up the song. And I'm like, my dream's about to come true in Afghanistan. You know? Let me see if I can get it playing for y'all in case you guys don't know the song. I tell Alex to go stand. I get so excited. I'm like, yo, I know this medication is about to turn me into a zombie. So I really need to like bring it for these people. <laughs> and I did. Cause I heard the time of my life and I ran, I ran like my life depended on it. I ran, I ran to Alex and he grabbed me in the wrong place because I didn't prep him and he picked me up and my crotch smacked him in the face. <laughs> Picked me up like a rag doll right under my armpits. Went straight up. And my, my crotch, my pelvis hit him in the nose. And he spun me around like he just adopted me. And, you know, we, we worked with it. We made it work. We made it happen. I brought him on stage. Everybody was cheering. It was amazing. You know, because if you want it, the secret to that lift, two things. The right speed by the woman running and the man just squatting down just a little bit. And you have to place your hands on either side just below the woman's hip, basically on her upper, upper thigh, below her hip bone. And then you bring your hands straight up, and she sticks her feet out, and that's how you land the lift. If it's any lower than her hip, you're going to fuck it up, Carl. Okay? For all you guys out there who want to make the girl fall in love with you, learn the dirty dancing lift. I guarantee you she'll at least squirt in your general direction. So... Alex happened to be on the aircraft carrier, uh, not the aircraft carrier, the um, C-17 with us uh, on our next show the next day after my eye rash cleared up. And him and I got to do the lift properly after I told him how to do it on the military aircraft. You know, just generals there, all, the, all of our securities there, the whole staff, you know, a whole bunch of probably like a dozen um men and women in uniform and all the talent and we did the, we did the lift properly and it was it was to we totally redeemed ourselves <laughs> but after that show i the medicine kicked in in a really thick way i was zooted beyond zoots magoots mcgee and it was like i was drunk because i i can't handle medication i can't I was out of my mind, and I tried to put myself in my my bag. They I, they wouldn't even let me do photos. I was like, I want to do photos, and my man's like, No, you can't, you can't. You're a hot mess. And they're like, You need to go back to your room. Chad and one of our escorts had to take me back to the room because the the pills kicked in. He was like, Oh boy, he's like, She took a pill, and we've got we're on a time frame here because she's gonna turn into to something that we can't control. <laughs> here is audio of a video of me trying to put myself in a suitcase at about, uh, I don't know, this is probably 2 a.m. I'm, I'm back in 
I said I'm Pakistaning myself. Zip me up, zip me up before you don't go. Leave me hanging on. I, you can't see the video, but I'm laying in my luggage, and I said I'm Pakistaning myself. <laughs> and then I said, zip me up before you go go. And we're not all we're not even all the way through the trip, but I need to finish my bottle of wine. You guys probably are, are sick of hearing me cry, my Syracuse accent and my nasally situation. And you know, I'm I'm wanna leave some for next week. And honestly, I just want to get back to Murder Mountain on Netflix. Holy fuck, you gotta watch Murder Mountain. What the hell's going on in Humboldt? They need to do a complete overhaul of their cop station of their police station they need to fire everybody immediately i am excited to be back we will have regular episodes from here on out we have a whole bunch of fun guests coming up we've got flula borg we've got kelsey cook we've got uh fortune feemster we've got eleanor kerrigan we've got chris frangiola skylar stone a whole bunch of funny comedians coming up for the next couple months i am with all things comedy now so check out All Things Comedy and all their other amazing podcasts that they have. I'm excited to be using their studio when I need it. Coming up shows, uh, I'm going to be at, where the hell am I going to be? I got nothing for January. I'm going to be doing a bunch of tapings. February 7th, 8th, and 9th, I'm going to be in Rochester at the Comedy on the Carlson. Comedy at the Carlson? Comedy at the Carlson. Uh, amazing comedy club. Love it there. Rochester, New York, 7th, 8th, and 9th. That's all I got right now. Everything else I have to put up on my on my website. But please come out to the show. Let your people know. Rochester, New York, any of your friends and family that live near there, have them come see me. I'll be telling more stories about the USO tour. I'm going to fill you in more next week on Christmas Day shows and our last show in Poland. It was so amazing and life-changing experience. And anybody who served in the military currently or veteran, I thank you so much for your service for giving me the freedom to be able to, you know, tell jokes to our, our men and women in the military and have the time of my life and have my crotch hit a fellow soldier right in the face. And he was a soldier. So there, I got that right at least. So this is General Jesse May Peluso signing off, hoping you have a wonderful week, wonderful weekend. And I'm just happy you're here. I really am. I love you. I love you so much. Don't be an asshole. Godspeed. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.